0: Welcome to the Inspire to Thrive podcast, a place for K-12 educators to find insights and inspiration. Early interventions are critical for children with disabilities. So how do you leverage better assessment practices and bring together your entire community to do it a little bit better? More on that in today's podcast. Inspire to Thrive podcast, brought to you by the Small School District Association, the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence, and Thrive Public Schools, supporting educators to create greater impact for children. We are so excited to have back on our show Renee Menefee, the Executive Director of Early Childhood Services in the Shasta County Office of Education, to talk about Child Find and supporting our youngest learners with disabilities. Renee, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me back. It is so exciting. So, the last time we talked about all the great things Shasta County Office of Education is already doing to have a countywide approach to early childhood. But what was most exciting to me, having a, and you and I have this in common, we both have a little person in our life that we love dearly that has some special education needs and is dealing with disabilities. You told me that you guys are turning on its head and really thinking Mm -hmm. how assessment happens uh, for kids. Tell our listeners more about that
1: yes i i can tell you i'm definitely passionate about early childhood and when we think about what's happening in special education and especially in shasta county we decided gosh uh, we need to do it differently there's a better way to do this there is a better way so a few years ago, we re- we were really looking at the children that were being uh, referred for special education services and how they were being assessed. And what we found is that many of our youngest children were being assessed. Either they weren't being assessed initially when they were referred because there was a thought that once they enter kindergarten, they can be assessed when they enter kindergarten. So we are changing the way that we are assessing students for Uh, special education services. So a few years back, we were really looking at our youngest learners and those students that were being referred for special education services. And what we were finding is that many of those students, some were being um, screened and some supports were being put in that they would be assessed when they enter kindergarten. And many of the students that were actually going through the assessment process, which was, which the way that it looks is about an hour with some new adults in their life that they hadn't. Met before. Quality assessment team would come in and do an assessment that took about an hour, and mm-hmm. then they would review their assessment, and then they would uh, determine what the disability was of that child and offer their free appropriate placement. But what was happening is many of those students were qualifying for speech and language only. Then we were looking at, okay, so let's look at kindergarten and first grade. And what we were finding is Approximately 100 to 125 additional students in kindergarten and in first grade and in second grade were being identified later on, which was telling us we're missing these kiddos. We're missing the early intervention piece. Something's
0: happening. So and we know that's we- critical, right? I mean, like if we don't address things early, we know that the longer we wait, the harder it is for kids. Absolutely.
1: We knew this critical period of that child's time, we were missing something. So one of my colleagues and I uh, had heard about a program in Apple Valley, San Bernardino County, and we took a trip. Amazing Mm -hmm. people amazing program. And and the way that they're doing it is they're enrolling students in a program and really looking at intervention services, intense intervention services. So we took the idea and we thought, what can we do in Shasta County? Instead of it being a one-hour assessment, which for some students that that works depending on what they're being referred for, their personality, the family. Uh, And and so that is still an option, but really for many of our early, our young um, students, how can we do this differently? So we have created an assessment center. We applied for funding through the California Department of Education and we were awarded funding enough to build an assessment center. So we have two classrooms that will enroll typically developing um, children, uh, Mm -hmm. about half of the class. As the referrals come into this to our system, those students then will be enrolled in a class with typically developing students. We've co-located our early intervention team of occupational therapists, special education teachers, general education teachers, physical therapists, speech and language paths. And those adults in these littles' lives will come in, build relationships with our youngest students and do an authentic assessment over a period of time, learning what works best for the child. How can we really help this child be successful? So they're getting these early intervention services while we are really assessing, authentically assessing the child.
0: And how long do kids usually stay in that center? I know you said that sort of their uh, typically developing peers, they're there for the whole year or two years. What about your students that come in for assessment? Are they there for a day, for the year? Yeah, so it,
1: it really depends on the student. It can be uh, a couple of weeks. It can be a longer period of time. If they're really successful and it feels like this is something that's going to meet their need, they could be in for a longer period of time. The other piece of this is that once we've done completed the assessment, and at the same time the child's enrolled in the program, we have what's called a parent partner, building a relationship with the, um, the child's parent and really helping that parent understand a little bit about what's how to help support their child at home as well. So once the assessment's completed and that child, the district then offers that free appropriate placement to a preschool setting or a transitional kindergarten setting, the parent partner then follows the family to that setting to help that child be more successful, help the, the teacher, that incoming teacher, to understand really what works well for that child and help support that child in being successful and that parent to be successful. And we will follow that child if needed and that family if needed through their kindergarten experience.
0: Well, in this conversation, I had to remind myself you're a county office, you're not a district. We you're are a, a county, county office. I mean, That's so great that your district have that support. And like, talk me through that process. Does the district refer a kid to you? Do you do all of the early childhood assessments? What's that relationship between you and your districts and charters?
1: So the exciting part of it is that this is the county office of education used to have all of the um, special education services in shasta county and then quite a few years ago it went back to districts so just recently that this is all shifting back and so our littles have a a jpa um, a group that comes together to do assessments. And then we had our some of our larger districts that came together for assessments. And so now it's all transitioning. It's all uh, getting mixed up so that through our assessment center districts refer children directly to us where we have a multidisciplinary team that can do the assessments for students and then support them as they transition to their their new placement and then the districts then provide those direct services it's again it's about those relationships that you have with the districts with the charters to help them be successful in providing those services we also through that process it's communication ongoing communication how many students are being referred what are they being referred for? Making sure they know um, if a, a child does does qualify through the assessment, that we have the district and the charter school, we have the representative um, available to be able to offer free and appropriate placement, and then it's success for the whole family and the uh, the whole process. So,
0: I know you're really engaged, and I can just tell by who you are. You. you you want to be in the middle of the action. So tell me about a story and a family for whom this has been really transformational.
1: Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) uh, I I can tell you that, oh, gosh, there's so many. We have one of our, our little ones who, because this whole system is so new, the way that we're doing it is so new. I can tell you that one of our little ones who early on, they, the parent, because they're early intervention, they were in early intervention services. They already qualified for services. We knew that because of the, their multiple disabilities, that they were going to definitely qualify and can continue on. But one of the challenges that we had was that in early intervention, it's really about the whole family uh, through their individual family service plan. And so it was really about serving the whole family. And then when you transition to uh, preschool and you change from the Part C services to Part B services, so the zero to three to the four, where it changes from an IFSP, individual family service plan, to the early individual education plan, where it's about the child that is a challenging time for families and so we have a family that is really engaged in early intervention receiving services and now it's time to transition to the individual education plan so just about the child as the child as they move from early intervention into the school district system So, we have a family that is transitioning from early intervention to a school district system, and that family is needing additional support, feeling like all of my services, they're I, it's not about um, the whole family anymore, it's specifically about the child. And so having someone to come alongside them and help them, they, do, they feel like they're getting additional services, which they are. They're mm-hmm. getting this additional service for families. The other piece that I really wanna mention is about the Help Me Grow system. So one of, I talked about early on that, that our assessment system that we were missing kiddos. Another piece of that is Child Find. And through our Help Me Grow system, one of the biggest impacts that we've had in our community is being able to screen children early on. So through our first five Shasta, first five Shasta had a program, it's called Help Me Grow. They had um, an opportunity for us to apply with uh, 211, which is through United Way. So United Way, 211, First 5 Shasta all came together to create this Help Me Grow system in Shasta County. So what we do is any family can be connected with Help Me Grow. And every family that has a child that calls 211 for, for information about services in our community, we ask, do you have a young child? If they have a young child, they are directed to help me grow and through that, they then are linked up with the ASQ, the ages and stages questionnaire. So we have now through that, they go online, they felt this little questionnaire about how your child is developing. So we have, we know how many children If there's an area that they, oh, they just need a little bit of support, or we need to take a better look at this little one, then we can connect directly with the family. We can give them activities to do at home. We can reach out to them and say, hey, let's take a a deeper dive and a deeper look at at your child. And so we have assessed over 600 children in in the first year. We had over 600 assessments completed. And now the system, we have doctors now that are using the ages and stages questionnaire with students. And all of this is in one system. So we're able to really reach out to to some of our very rural communities and be able to see if there are students out there that need this additional support.
0: So you've really, what I'm hearing, there's kind of like two separate pieces going on. One is this phenomenal grant you've received from the Department of Education to rethink how you're assessing students and really bringing them into the county office to, to get a more holistic view. The other piece is really this county-wide partnership between early childhood providers, community partners, and districts to make sure family, you're not missing anything. No, no stone unturned is how I would quote it. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. It is. It's a collaborative effort to make sure that we are
1: all, that we are finding the kiddos, that we are completing an assessment and really figuring out where uh, the child might need additional support if they do. And then in, another, in our other classroom, for some of those children that, that maybe are presenting some significant behaviors, we also have some intense services that are being provided for children and families so that kids can be successful. Some of our kiddos that have some significant behavior challenges mm-hmm. need some really intense services. So we're we're helping children that whether it's behavior development uh you know social supports that they need whatever it is that the child needs but we're also doing it alongside with the family connecting them to services helping the family also and helping the district. Our goal is that once children um, are assessed and that they, that they are integrated into the school district and the charter school, um, that either they don't need services anymore because we were able to catch them early and provide those interventions that they needed. But if they do need those additional services, that we're able to link the whole family and the child and the district up with, with what supports that they need so the child can be as successful as possible.
0: So I know that you're an innovator. You're always thinking about how to improve on things. What's next for Shasta and the early childhood programs? Oh,
1: gosh. So I'm, of course, I'm always thinking like five years ahead. One of the biggest challenges that we have in Shasta County is around infant toddler care. With many of our private providers, some of them have closed their doors because of COVID. Some of them because now, with uh, one of the indirect impacts that that we're seeing is with four-year-olds being served um, across the county, that less of the f- four and three-year-olds will be served in private care, which is going to increase the impact and the cost on uh, for infant toddler care in our county. So, because of that, we're really looking at. Um, creating some type of a, a, a collaborative uh, center where there are multiple programs coming together to create a multi-income um, program. So it's, if you qualify, it isn't, um, if you qualify for Head Start, you're low income, That you're in one classroom. If you qualify for pay, you're in another one that all students, it's multi-income, it's about equity, it's about access, it's an inclusive quality program serving infants and toddlers through transitional kindergarten to really be able to support uh, the
0: workforce in our community. I love that. So what piece of advice do you have for listeners who are thinking about doing things a little different when it comes to special education assessing students? Where can they start?
1: You know, I think for, for me, it's really about connecting with the families and seeing what it is that the, the families need and looking at the data. Uh, in your county, it, it might be going really well. The systems and, and how you're assessing children, may it might be going well. But I, for me and for us in Shasta County, we're looking at ways to always improve. It's that continuous improvement. What's a better way to do it? There's a better way to do it. For us in Chasta County, special day class and early education programs, um, that's something that for many years was happening. and, And it's really, it's segregating students at an early age is not best practice. And so we, it's all about full inclusion, but it's also about access. So looking at the programs and saying, what do you need in your program so that any child can have access to this quality program? and finding those resources, putting those pieces in place, and helping people to be um, successful and competent in being able to provide those services.
0: Renee, it's always inspirational to talk to you. Thanks for joining us again.
1: Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate it. Have
0: a great day. (laughs) You as well. Thank you for listening, and thanks to everyone out there choosing to work in education. The Inspire to Thrive podcast spotlights the great things possible in education and is produced by Thrive Public Schools in partnership with Copernicus Solutions. If you have ideas to share or need support to reimagine education, visit us at www.thriveps.org.